Welcome to episode 77 of Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jared Dobb. And how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good today. Good. How are you? You feel, good. you feel all refreshed and ready to get back at it? I do, man. I'm itching to get back here. And unfortunately, I'm leaving Friday for another week. Uh, well, I mean, fortunately, unfortunately, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to the trip. So we're going out to California uh, to meet with like four of our um, ambassadors, friends, acquaintances and stuff. So uh, it, it's going to be a great trip. But I'm also like, I just got back and I'm planning on like I'm preparing for another trip. So but. It, uh, it was it was great to get away. It was great to uh, just spend some time with some you know, spend time with family. And uh, honestly, it was nice. I s- still got to do a little bit of work. Um, I closed a pretty big big deal with a uh, uh, with another company for a collab that people start seeing. If you follow us pretty closely, you'll you'll start seeing that roll out um, about a month. So I got to do some pretty fun work things here and there, but for the most part, it was just, just uh, sit back and relax. So it was nice. I said it on the podcast, I think the last four podcasts, but I need to do that very soon. I told that to my wife. It was yesterday. I was at work. So the last couple of weeks have just been, I don't know if a roller coaster really describes what I've been feeling, but you know how you go through those phases where, your business at some points in your journey becomes daunting mm-hmm. where it's just like an overwhelming pressure. This is what I'm, this is my phase that I'm in right now. And it's really hard to, to stay really focused and motivated. I mean, I'm, I'm still motivated, but to be efficient with what I'm doing and make sure I'm focused and all that stuff, that's been really hard the last couple of weeks. Um, so I told Jess yesterday, I was like, I just need to disappear for three or four days and just rest, you know, just completely turn off and rest and just have some time where I can, you know, go back to, you know, one of my passions of photography and doing that stuff and just do that with a clear head, not with a deadline or a timeline or whatever. And I just want to get in the Jeep and drive for hours somewhere, you know, and just have some time to, process through the last it's like five years of crazy journey is like now at this point I'm realizing how far we've come but I'm also realizing that there is so much to do and the stuff that's coming that we're working on the things that are going on behind the scenes the the uh, the moves we're making are really good things but they're going to be very taxing and yeah yeah so it, it's just, I feel like, you know, I, I got to stop saying it and I just have to take a couple of days off, um, you know, step back so I can come back completely focused and, and moving forward. So did I tell you at all about, I think we did it before I left on vacation and we didn't do a podcast after, um, did I tell you about our, our, uh, 10 year planned powwow that we had we talked about it so um, I, don't, I don't know how specific we, we got into after. that but i just i don't i don't think we talked after so if you want to give an update on how that so yeah what it, that looks like which I, i'm not going to go through you know 
not specific details right now. Uh, but it was just, you know, just you talking about how, um, you, you, know, you know, how daunting it is to think about all the work that needs to be done. And that, that's kind of how I felt after we had our, <laughs> our 10 year plan meeting. So basically <laughs> we each, uh, so it's me, Dusty, and Nate. Uh, Dusty's our uh, sales and, and ambassador manager and um, just kind of all around if we need him to do something, guy. And uh, Nate is our our shop manager and logistics guy. So um, the, uh, it's just us three full-time guys. So we sat down and really just kind of talked about you – know, so we took our past five years – uh, financial history and just looked at that and looked at which this year is kind of an anomaly. You know, we couldn't have guessed what was going to happen this year and how it was going to benefit our, our business. So it's kind of hard to use this year as any type of, uh, point to build it on, but we still, you know, we took this year and we just, you know, we, we kind of figured, okay, let's be conservative, but let's say next year ends up between, last year and this year, if that makes sense. Right. I kind of built from there, which is still a pretty, it's pretty good upward trajectory. And so we kind of planned on, okay, if we, if we continue to release new products that are even semi-successful, um, if we, if our current products continue to, to build and, you know, you know, so we kind of took what we know and we took what, each of our kind of dreams and aspirations for what this can turn into. And I really think in five more years, sort of our, our 10 year mark, I really think we could be at kind of what my personal goal for the company is, you know, as far as size wise. And, um, and when we started talking about what it could look like in 10 years is when I started getting uh, right. <laughs> started getting daunting. Like at that point, just kind of dreaming about what, what it could look like at that point and the, the, the staff that we're going to need. Um, man, it, it, it started getting daunting. Like I said, it's it just, it, you know, thinking about what the company could be like then if we continue to, to work as hard as we have been and things, you know, continue to go as well as they have been and, you know, barring any major a catastrophe uh, that would that would hinder us you know that we can't really foresee uh, yes we actually kind of ended talking about I didn't see this coming we ended up talking about could could we end up somewhere we don't want to be you know could our business end up bigger than what we necessarily want to have and um, and the challenges of of uh, of keeping the culture that we want in our company. Yeah, I, I've worked. I, I've only ever worked for um, what, what would be considered small businesses, but are probably on the large side of what I would want. So you know, I don't know. We're talking twenty full time employees. You know, like that. You know, th- you know, thinking about a company that starts getting that size, which is still a small business but that's a lot bigger than we are now, you know? 
just yeah. you know you're trying to think of what it would be like to get uh you know to, to that like 20 to 30 full-time employees and at that point we're probably not um going to be able to do some of the stuff we do now potentially unless if we i, I don't know it just we really started getting more into uh the if we get to where we think we could be in 10 years just some of the challenges that come with that have you guys talked about about anything like that yeah i mean we've i don't have i'll be the first to admit here i know where i kind of want to be in 10 years but i don't have a very set action plan of exactly how we're going to do that because there's so much that's changing right now. We have more focused, you know, year to year, one, one to three, one to five years of where I want to be. Um, I have been very encouraged by having people in my circle that have had large businesses. And when I'm speaking to large, we're talking 200 to 300 employees and have maintained the culture that you're referring to, which it came with a ton of struggles. Obviously, you know, those fears that you guys are talking about are things I think about all the time, you know, maintaining the integrity, maintaining the relationships with employees, maintaining all that stuff does become far more complex. So for me personally, I'm more of a, I'm a very, very, very much. I like to see what is possible and, you know, Ethan and Kirby are, Ethan's kind of with me where he's, you know, want to see where we can go, want to see what we can come up with, what we can do. Let's see how big we can go. Um, Kirby already has another business that's really big that has, you know, 80 some employees that has been around for decades. So definitely we are on the younger end of the hungry spectrum uh, as far as owners. So I, I don't know. I, my gut right now, when I look at the future and I say, are we ever going to want to stop or intent or not intentionally grow more? The answer at this point is no, we're not going to intentionally slow. However, I don't know. I, you know, the thing, the thing that always gets me is we don't know the future and so much is changing so quickly. And I will say, I'm not scared of having a 200 to 300 employee business if we can maintain the values right. that we have now. So I, the answer to that is very complex. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it's like we started going down a rabbit hole, really. Of you know, there's there, there's a balance between. It, this is at least where I am right now, and and, and this could change as I good order because honestly what I thought I wanted to do in the business three years ago has changed. Right. Now it's a little, you know, you know, no little five to 10 years, but I, I honestly could see, and we've, I think you and I've kind of talked about this before. I could honestly see hiring myself down the chain, I guess I could see potentially wanting somebody else to be that CEO so that I can do what I love, which is, inventing and creating and playing around with making stuff, you know? Um, yeah. That's and my, a lot of, com- a lot of companies do that. Yeah. You know, that's my strength and that's my passion. Uh, but my passion has also over the past few years really turned into building 
this company and, and seeing what it can do. So, you know, who knows how that'll change over the next five years. You, you, you know, maybe I end up hiring more engineers to work on my ideas. And so I can spend more time working on the company. And that's, I think we kind of talked about how I was reading the, uh, uh, the E-Myth and he talks about in that book, <clears throat> the difference between working on a company, and working in a company. And <clears throat> really kind of what I took away from the book is I got to figure out what I want to do. Do I want to work on it or in it? Um, can you do both? Yeah, but I think in order to do anything with pure excellence, I think it's something that you have to f focus completely on. Um, so for me, that's just kind of my, my goal over the next few years really is to figure out, um, you know, how that looks for me and, and, you know, just as the company grows, because every, every decision that we make here potentially affects everybody here. Um, and each person that you hire affects your culture and, you know, within the company. And I'm starting to realize more and more how important it is to foster your internal community. You know, that's what's going to overflow into into your outward, uh, oh, how'd you put it? Um, like qualities and, and all your uh, core values and all that. Yeah. Your, your values come from the inside and just building that team of people that, that have similar core values and similar, um, interest in the business and stuff is, is, is going to be what is going to you know overflow. And that's what the values are that people are going to see. So it's, you know, it's super cool to think about. Uh, it, like it was really neat to kind of go back and look at starting in 2016 um, and, you know, 15 a little bit. I don't know, 15, you know, the first year you start is just so. Yeah, it's, it, 2015 really, doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like we were a business. No. Even though we, even though we were incorporated. Yeah. It was May of 2015, I think, is when we technically, but I we didn't actually make a sale until the beginning of 2016. Right. And I... We just were making websites and <laughs> designing things, you know? See, I started selling the first Neomags in May of 15, but it didn't really, but I didn't form my LLC until October of 15. Yeah. Um so 15 is kind of, yeah, like we're just getting, getting things rolling. So 16 was the first full year, but it just need to go back and look at, and at 16 till now, um, look at just me and in a jail cell size room in my basement to where we are now. And it, and honestly where we're looking at going now, we were actually, we started talking about before the podcast started and I, I kind of said, I said, Hey, let's talk about this on the podcast, but you know, we're both looking at expansions. Um, I was just, I started talking, um, uh, we had, uh, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, it's all good, man. We had sometimes, Dustin. Sometimes you got to run off the tracks. <laughs> we had Dustin <laughs> from, uh, Coltec on the podcast last year. 
And I just yeah. saw, um, I don't know if you saw, but they just moved into a, a new shop space. I did not see that. That's um, cool. Yeah. Super, they cool, were, super exciting. They were working. No, they weren't working from their house anymore. They had moved to a shop, correct? But now yeah. did they yeah. upsize? Yep. Yeah, they were in a nice, it was a nice shop. Uh, they were just bursting at the seams, and so, and I remember when he was on, we were talking about. Um, he was he was, he. I think he, he knew that a move needed to happen. He was just trying to figure out what that was going to look like because there's not a whole lot of shops out there to pick from, and adding on to that building was going to be difficult. So, I, I've not talked to him to get to get uh, details yet on everything, but from the from pictures I've seen and a few of his posts, it, it's pretty cool and. Um, it's just super exciting to see other companies, you know, about our age, just continuing to move up and, and expand. And uh, so you guys are looking to add on to yours, right? Man, this has been an ongoing, ongoing thing. You know, when I, so I'm going to, I'm going to touch on what we just talked about a couple of minutes ago, a little bit to lead into like the, the shop expansion. I had a, a really close friend of mine, I don't like using the word mentor. It feels corny, but he is truly a mentor to me. And he, he asked me the question, the basic premise of his question was when you think of having a legitimate business, what, what do you need to see to feel like you have a legitimate business? And one of them, the biggest thing for me is that we're growing a team. That to me is the most important aspect of a business. That's when I feel like I'm an owner. That's when I feel like I'm a leader is when we have our team. And we touched on that a little bit. It turns out that that's one of my biggest desires in the business. It's also one of the most stressful aspects of business is the people aspect because there's, we're, we're all so dynamic. Um, things change rapidly. You got the cultural things coming on, I'm dealing with the good, the bad, and that's been my last couple months is just going, working through all of that. But then the other aspect is seeing growth in tangible, I'm going to call them assets. And that doesn't necessarily, I don't know. It's things like equipment. It's things like seeing our shop actually expanding, you know, needing bigger spaces to work out of. And so a couple of years ago, us with our um, parent company, we're talking about you know growth projections for TA targets and the amount of space we would need and and what equipment we would need. And so we started the process getting approved for for some building additions. I oh, mean, it had to have been at least a year ago, maybe two years ago. The conversations really started, and it will be about two years until that process is done and we have the new offices, we have the new warehouse, we have all of that stuff. So yeah, it's a pain in the butt. Thankfully I'm not in charge of all of those details because I simply couldn't, I couldn't do what I'm doing and worry about burrow and permits and all of that crap that comes with it. But I feel like when you're at the point where you know, you're outgrowing your spaces and you're adding to your team as an owner, there's very few things that are as fulfilling, but also as scary. And, and that's kind of where, where we are at. And 
you and I have talked about it a million times. One of the things is sometimes you buy a piece of equipment, sometimes you make a move and the opportunities that come from doing that far exceed expectations. And I know that's the case with what, what we're doing right now, but it all starts in September with that new table, that, that big CNC table we're getting. And then, yeah, but things like that. So that's a perfect example. We don't technically have the space for that big of a table right now. And we're going to have to move equipment that we just moved. I don't know, a year ago, Mm -hmm. we spent all this time pouring new concrete, moving these shears, moving these pieces of equipment. Now we're moving them again. But sometimes, you know, you, you have a need and we have a need for that table. And so we're going to make a move to have that now. And then it'll move again when the new building goes up, it'll probably move to the new side of the building. So it's, it's a constant evolution. Yep. I've moved my mini mill. um, Like I moved into my home shop, then moved to the new shop, then moved out of the way for the VF2 and then back in. It's been moved three times and, and we're looking at, um, I really, we are really going to need a a larger shop space. And I think fairly soon, uh, especially with, I've got like two other product ideas, um, that are going to need machining and our EDC tray. We're ramping up to, to make that more of an in-stock item. And, and, uh, and so that's running like crazy. So I need more CNC machines basically. I have no more room for CNC machines. So uh, we're looking at potentially, I don't know, we're, we're trying to figure out, do we, do we look to, to buy something else of our own? So we, you know, we're just adding to our assets and value. Um, you know, our rent payment could be going towards, you know, it's the same thing between, you know, do you rent or do you buy a house? You know, Um, right. You know, you're adding to your assets and the money you're spending every month is actually going to something that you own is adding, adding value. And at the same time, uh, we actually really like where we're at. Our, uh, our, our landlords are awesome people. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, it's kind of nice when something goes wrong, just to send a text to the landlord and say, Hey, you know, can you fix this? Yeah. you know, you no, know, we don't have to worry about uh, snow removal and and upkeep and uh, it just just all those things. So, uh, but there is room next to us to expand into with a larger shop, and I'm already thinking I'm like, it's uh, I like having security of bringing in a rigging company to come and move these CNC machines because it's what they do every day but it's like $1,500 every time to have a move stuff basically, which yeah. isn't, isn't a lot. It is a lot when you have them do it every six months, <laughs> 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 which is what I'm looking at. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It, we're, we're going back and forth on it. It, it would, it would really be nice to be in our own standalone shop. And uh, it, it, it's just as nice having other people here um, as it would be nice to have our own, uh, our own place. So that's, that's kind of what we're, we're trying to figure out right now. 
And that was actually, the, go ahead. Sorry. sorry no, I mean, cut you off. So it, it, that was actually one of the reasons why I wanted to have that 10 year plan meeting is because we're looking at expanding. Like I really don't want to keep moving every other year. You know, we're, we're talking to blue alpha guys about that. Um, I really don't want to move every year or every other year. So I want our next move to be bigger than what we need. Uh, so we have room to grow into it uh, and not do kind of what we just did. We just moved into the space and six months later, we're trying to, I'm laughing. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing because I know <laughs> all of my friends that have businesses that are run really well, that have seen success do exactly that. They move into that big space and then they fill it within six months to a year. (laughs) That's why I'm laughing because this is the insanity cycle that you see happening. You know, you you try to plan these things and then you plan these things and it, you you have the bigger floor space and then you have the opportunity to do something else. And then that creates volume and it's just this cyclone. So I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing no, with no, you. No, exactly. It, I mean, we're looking at turning our current machine shop. We're looking at turning that into storage. You know, like that room. Right. We, we'd fill the we'd fill with pallet racking, and that can be storage for materials and finished goods. And so you're telling me you're gonna move from your shop before I get a chance to see the new shop. Potentially, you got to get your butt out here. I I need to get out there. I just didn't want to bring my Corona. No, yeah. You got to worry about that. I'm joking, guys. I don't have Corona. <laughs> but we, it, honestly, kind of what I, man, I don't know. I go, but I think, uh, I think the commercial real estate industry is about to crash. Uh, I think we're going to see commercial real estate opening up like crazy. It's going to be buyer's market. So if you're in a position to buy, Right. It might be a good time to buy. Exactly. Exactly. So um, now you're going to have a really tough. Well, that's what I'm saying. Decision. This is, this is the tough decision is we could, I mean, we could expand into the space next to us and be honestly, we'd be good here for potentially two to three more years, I think. Um, and it'd be easy. Right. Or, and, 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 and here's the thing. I probably wouldn't really be looking at buying someplace if it wasn't for what, what a lot of us are expecting to happen, which is a commercial real estate implosion. So there's potentially some really awesome spots could open up within the next 12 months that we could buy on our own for a really good deal. So do I sign another, uh, year's lease or not, you know, I, that's what's on my mind right now. It's just trying to figure out what's next. Yeah. I don't have that. We don't really have that issue here because my business partners own the building, but that comes with its own downsides. It really truly does it. Cause when you own something, you are, you know, you're married to that. Not that you couldn't sell it, but it's not quite as easy as letting your lease run up and then moving if you have to. Yeah. And that's something that I, I often think about 
and we talk about all the time is just even the politics in our state, how volatile everything is. Um, it, it just, if Pennsylvania goes the way of California, as far as guns and things, that becomes very difficult for us with our industry. And, and you know, because the building's owned and because everything's right here, that would be a very difficult situation. So it, there's definitely, yeah, I don't have an answer for you, man. Yep. <laughs> but I wish there was an easy answer. If there's anything that people should gather from this particular episode, it's the spiral of just trying to figure things out and realizing that there's not necessarily, I mean, there's right and wrongs for things. Obviously you can be reckless and make a terrible decision, but sometimes there's good decisions in multiple avenues and they're not necessarily wrong. They're not necessarily right. There's just pros and cons. Um, well, well, cause, because there's also just the, the little voice in the back of your head. That's like, what if we move into a bigger space planning on expanding and then we don't, you know, and then we, and, and now we're in some place that's costing us more than what the, what it is here. And, uh, yeah, so there, you know, there, there, there's always that bit of doubt in the back of your mind too. And maybe, maybe that's what it comes down to is if there truly is a commercial crash and you can find a bigger place for the same amount as your lease or X amount over, like you yeah. just budget it out and then you put a number to it and say, I'm not going over that number, but if we find that this shop has to have 10,000 square feet and this price and this, you know what I mean? You could... Yeah you could essentially create a list that if that property pops up, you know, that that is the one that is meant to happen. You know, yeah. I, I try to do that and it never usually works out quite that clean, but sometimes with planning, you can get a very clear, very clear direction. Yeah. But you know, the, the thing that Ethan and I are talking about a lot lately is next products, mm-hmm. filling, filling our shop with other things. And that's hard. That's hard too. coming. You know, we have lots of ideas, but figuring out what's right, what's not, you know, what's going to help propel us into that new building, help fund that new venture, help invest in that equipment. Cause there's, there's one thing about steel targets that is very difficult and a lot of people don't, I don't think a lot of people grasp is the margins are not what other products are. And it's a very tight, tight market. And it's, I can tell you exactly what happened. It, it didn't used to be like this, but it got flooded with people with these smaller fab shops that did the race to the bottom. And that just completely wiped out the prices for the products and nobody marketed on good products. They didn't use quality materials. It was just, Hey, how cheap can we make a steel target system? So we fight with that. And so we're, we're ex- experimenting with ideas that complement what we're doing already, but utilize raw materials that don't cost what our steel targets cost. And that, that diversification is still within our company, obviously complementing our lineup and all that stuff. Um, that's kind of what we're experimenting with in our thought process. 
Um, Super frustrating when your raw materials cost as much as what our high quality plate costs. Yeah. It's about, <clears throat> excuse me, it's about three times the cost of mild steel right now. Right. So unreal. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, yesterday we were just, uh, we were kind of just talking about a couple other ideas for some products that, uh, that would complement our, our current lineup, but are outside of the gun industry. Yep. And we've been talking about that too. And that's kind of got me excited. Um, which I had an idea for a product a few years ago that was going to do the same thing. And it just never really, uh, it just, it was one of the ideas that just got kind of thrown in a box. And I think about every now and then, but I don't know that it's ever going to turn into anything. Uh, but I I definitely see some value in in trying to get a couple products that are, that complement everything that we do, but that we could freely market wherever we want that would, apply to uh, a much larger population of, of, of people. Um, and the nice thing is would, would also drive traffic to the website and potentially sell right. more of our gun related stuff. So I think you're going to see more, more and more gun companies, gun industry companies doing things like that. I'll give you the example right here. So, you know, I have that Jeep page. Mm-hmm. I think you know that, yeah. um, that turbo diesel XJ page. So I made that just for fun, just to post specific Jeep content. So I'm not overwhelming Keystone carry, which is where I show off a lot of gun content. And I definitely didn't want TA targets to just become a Jeep page. <laughs> so I made this page, the amount of growth that that page has is insane. And the engagement and the comments and the, the views and the likes and, and it's, it's the weirdest thing. So I, I post a photo on Turbo Diesel XJ. I follow that page with Keystone Carry and TA Targets. And as I'm in the search feed, I see my Jeep pictures popping up. You know, like kind of how it used to be with gun photos. You would see them in your search feed. So it just, it's been this awakening to me seeing that outside of the gun industry, there are there's freedom in reaching people yet. And it's a very, very frustrating experience knowing that. And even though you know you and I don't create something that is going on a firearm, it uh, other than, I mean, your sentry strap and stuff like that, but I mean, we, we make steel plates that at the end of the day, it's not even a firearm product other than the fact that you shoot them. Um, and we are pretty much free to free to advertise, but, because all of our content shows up with firearms and other things like that, it right. it gets, you don't find it in the search feed. Like I don't care. We don't even use gun hashtags on TA Yeah, and you will not find our, even if I post just a target plate, no guns, no nothing. You will not see that in search feeds. We have relentlessly, dug into that and tried to find out if that stuff still shows up in search feeds, even though it has no firearm involved. Um, and it does not. So I feel like that's know. where it, how is the, how's the firebox been for you guys? Do, do you feel like that's 
if I market it well, we sell a ton. Yeah. But that firebox again has an insane amount of cost involved in it because of what it is. And, and that, you know, people, this is what we struggle with. And it's, it's super frustrating. It's the same with targets. It's the same with everything. And I've been guilty of this in the past because at one point in my life, I didn't understand it because I wasn't a business owner. I didn't manufacture products. People are so used to buying bottom dollar stuff in certain industries and fire pits happen to be one of them. You can roll into Cabela's and you can spend a hundred bucks and you'll get this. It's going to be 16 gauge steel. It's going to be super flimsy but it'll have a little grate, you know, it'll be whatever, it'll be ornate and it's going to cost you a hundred bucks and people go for that. It's only going to last you a summer, you know, but, but you could spend 150 and get something that's going to last a lifetime. So getting through to people is very difficult in the firebox. I'll be the first to admit, I don't market as hard as I should. Um, with a new website, we have that, laid out better it, it it will be there's more opportunity for that uh, i did have some ad sets rolling through our facebook ad manager that did sell a pile of fireboxes you know we had a little promo going on for them i made two cool little videos and it worked out well but it's definitely not my focus and part of that again is margins it's just not it's not the highest margin product. It's not necessarily the best performing. It was just something to diversify our lineup. Well, that's kind of what our EDC trace started as. And um, like every time we make a batch, they sell out super fast. And then I have people pounding down my door asking when when we're going to have next. And, and that's one of the things I'm actually thinking about making a version of, of the EDC trade that really isn't, geared towards the neomag and guns and stuff just to make something you know it's already a super uh popular product so uh why not make that product <clears throat> you know more popular outside of the gun industry and to me I, I, that's kind of what i see your your firebox potentially doing too is you know maybe that's one of the the, the products that you guys uh, make more of and advertise and push out there because it could drive traffic to your website and potentially sell more targets too. Yep. It's definitely part of our equation and I love the firebox. I, it, it's such a cool design and I, I've been super happy with it. Everybody that buys them really loves them. Um, it just, this comes back to the where I get daunted, I, I I feel like this overwhelming pressure is as I start thinking about it. It's, oh, it's like, oh crap! I gotta I gotta market the firebox. So now I gotta get some ads going, get get some videos shot, get some content made. But I need to also do this thing and this thing and this thing. And and what I'm realizing is we're at the point in TA where we are about to invest pretty heavily in our marketing team and hiring on a couple people to sit next to me. And I, I think by the middle of next year, our marketing team alone will be three to four people. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're planning on doing. Because one thing I'm realizing is I need somebody who can crank out graphics. 
every single day of the week that they're sitting here with me and we're creating these ad sets for things like the firebox or some other products we're working on who can manage our Facebook ads in house and then also help with photography and videography and full edits. And I, I see myself by middle to end of next year, kind of backing out of actually editing the footage and the photos and having people do that where I'm just continuing to be a face of the company. I'm showing up in the content shooting. I'm showing up in the talking portions of product videos and I have a host of other content I want to do for TA that isn't like, Hey, check this target out. This is this target and this is what it does. I have so many other topics I'd like to touch on in the company, but it requires people. It requires having a team because I definitely cannot do it on my own. Um, so now is the time when I'll get 10 messages <laughs> asking if we're hiring, but well, and, and that's will be. Yeah. Well, in our, in our uh, tenure plan meeting, we all kind of agreed that, uh, that one of our next hires needs to be a, a, a media person. Um, that's just, as a internet based company, that's pretty dang important. And just, you know, just have somebody here to pump out content and pictures and graphics. And, um, I've got a guy or two that I use for, uh, for like graphics design stuff. And it's, and it's nice to be able to just throw stuff at them. Um, cause I, I'm decent at it. I just, that's one of the things that I've, I have to, I have to hand off. I just don't have the time. Uh, it's not worth my time to put into that stuff. So, uh, man, it would be nice to have somebody here to, to really be a, the, the mastermind behind, uh, like video content and, and stuff like that. Cause you know, I, I love to do more of it, but I got to run those CNCs and Dusty's on the phone and, and, We've got on the board behind me. We've we've got a list of ideas for uh, for videos, everything from silly videos to to serious ones, and uh, we just we just don't really have the have the time to to you know to man that up and to, and to make it happen. Whereas it'd be nice to have somebody here that had that gets everything ready and then just tells us where to show up and when, and then we we do the video and then we get back to work and they do all the editing and yep. stuff. So. Uh, and you, it, yeah. it doesn't matter. So there's something else that I've come to realize is the companies that you see blowing up, showing up, blowing up, they're in feeds, they're in your content. You see them every day. Even if it's ads, they have either a marketing team that they've hired, you know, an outside marketing firm or whatever that helps them create the content and push it out. Or they have in in-house team members who are creating the media and there's somebody guiding them. And that's the route I want to go. I want to, you know, that's my goal over the next six to nine months is to find and cultivate these relationships with people, get them on board and then get to the point where we are putting out frequent constant content across the board of all of our products 
and like you were saying, leveraging things like our firebox, creating some outside the gun industry products that we can really heavily market and then point people to our website so that we can continue the growth trajectory that we were on and have been on the last couple months. Um, that's it's daunting, but it's, it's definitely something we have to do. It's kind of, it's kind of off topic, but we're looking at buying a box truck. Is it going to be a creepy box truck? Cause oh, it better be creepy. It needs to say like free candy on the side or something. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really creepy and throw yeah. dusty in the back. Yep. Uh, I, I thought it'd be really cool. It, I, I kind of wish we went, I kind of wish there were more uh, like, like events for us to, to show up to. Cause I thought it'd be really cool to turn. So the, the main reason why we're, why we're looking at it is just for picking up and dropping off um, materials. Uh, we're getting to the point now where, where we're picking up and dropping off skids, uh, which is really cool, but it's sometimes it's multiple skids. So, my pickup truck or Nate's pickup truck, you know, we're taking multiple trips and, uh, and then the, the, the rate that we're making chips out of the CNC machines, like we're, we're filling multiple, uh, giant garbage bags, uh, you know, sometimes every other day. So dropping that stuff off at recycling, which honestly I started doing the math. I'm like, potentially that the money that we get from recycling the aluminum chips could, pretty much pay for the truck in a year. Uh, but we're looking at, at picking that up just for dropping that stuff off. But I thought it'd be, I thought it'd be super cool to like turn the inside of the box truck, like make it look really cool, you know, ship lap at the inside and, you know, throw an air conditioner in there and put some cool lighting up and, you know, hang product on the walls and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like a mobile transport vehicle. Yeah, just like it'd be sweet to show up to a you know, I don't know, it's like a fair and 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 have sure. a it's gotta be like a yellow truck that you can tell that they peeled the decals off the edge because yeah. it like kind of still reads like Penske or something. Right. But it, it doesn't because there's no decal. Yeah. You know, it's gotta be creepy. A little bit of rust. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. But this is you know this is one of those things that that, that kind of showed up in our uh and our five-year plan, and I said, I just kind of said, honestly, I feel like that's something that's in our next year of needs. So. Oh, one more exciting bit of information before we kind of, before we get, get to the end of this podcast. Ice break segment. Oh, geez. Here you we go. Think I was going to forget. I was hoping you would. Nope. But anyway, we, we filed our FFL for TA targets. Sweet. So probably I think it'll be a little bit quicker because I already have an FFL and I'm hoping that that helps expedite it. But in the next couple months we should have it and then we'll file for the SOT right away, pay the $500 or whatever it is. And then cans inbound SBRs, all kinds of fun stuff will become very quick and very easy yeah. And I already have, well, we'll fill you in as we go. What's your, I won't spill all the beans. Can I ask, and you can say if you don't want to answer on, on the podcast, what's the SOT going to cost a year? 
It's like, it, it depends on what you're doing with it. I think the first year is 500 bucks per year. And then it goes up at some point to, I think, 1500 per year. Yes, yeah, so that's what I, like, I've, I've had people say 500, but then I started looking into it and, and it seemed like they based off of what your gross, what your business gross sales are for the year. And it was going to look like it was going to be $2,000 a year or something. And for me, yeah, it, it depends. I, I, I'm not an expert and I didn't, you know, I didn't write a check yet. But as soon as we get the first step is get the 07 manufacturing FFL in TA targets. I already have an 01, but I don't want to pay the money for the SOT in that. I will really be diving into it. And once we have our interview with our ATF agent, I'll be asking all those questions and figuring that out. Whether they base the total sales off of our, you know, our gross sales from the company or if it's sales over manufacturing of firearms because if it's based off of manufacturing of firearms it's going to be very little because we're not we're not manufacturing for sale mm-hmm. you know we're, we're made we would be manufacturing firearms and modifying and doing all kinds of fun stuff for marketing purposes yeah that's the main reason we'd be i mean it, it, it'd be nice maybe for uh you know for select people to be able to do transfers and that sort of thing. But, but honestly, I, I don't really want to get into the paperwork that's, that comes with doing, uh, doing that stuff. So yeah, yeah. I, I actually behind me here have my paperwork sitting here. It's been sitting here for about the about last month to submit for my, for my 07. I just need to just need to do it. I need to do it. Actually, I, I need the to one thing I will say is you should decide if you're going to be staying in your location. Well, that's another thing I was thinking <laughs> about too. I mean, it's only 150 bucks for an 07 manufacturing SOT or FFL, but um, if you move, that you can't transfer. To the best of my knowledge, you can't transfer an FFL from one address to another. So you'd be reapplying. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good good point. Let's get to this ice break. Yeah. Let's get this thing over with. Now I'm throwing him on the spot. He's got to get the music ready. I've kind of got it up. I just got to grab my... I mean, I can just replay it. Can you hear that? I didn't have it turned up very loud for that. It's all All good. Nobody's going to be too worried about it. What is the weirdest thing that you've eaten? I know you're kind of a picky eater, so you probably haven't. Yeah, I don't eat weird stuff. I don't. I don't think. I'm trying to think what. What would be weird? Maybe this is to you the weirdest thing you've eaten. Uh, probably, you know, people are gonna laugh. Probably clams. I think clams are nasty. Oh, so good. My wife, that's her favorite. Literally, her favorite food in on the planet is clams for her birthday. Her family makes clams and she'll just like down them one after another. Oh yeah. I think they're disgusting. I, I really do. I think that's disgusting, but that there's no way that's the weirdest thing I've eaten. I mean, I've I tried to you. That might be the weirdest. The weirdest I've tried thing. squid or something. Yeah. It was squid, mm-hmm. which was gross. It was like rubber. Um, which you didn't have it cooked right then. If, if you go to the right, right place to cook it right, that's delicious. I don't, I don't know, man. Anything with tentacles or little crawly things. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. See, I, I, but that's, that's just it. So I, here's a good example. I'm not a huge seafood person until I am like, if it's cooked right, I love it. 
but like I've had really good lobster and I've had really crappy lobster that right. tasted nasty. Yeah. And so that like some of it could be my experience. The clams for me, I will be the first to admit it's a hundred percent mental. You know, I, I just don't like looking at them and eating that whole organism. It makes me feel weird. Um, and when I feel weird, I'm like, mm. um, I don't know. I'm, I'm so picky with what I eat. Yeah, you are I, not a good one. I was curious how this question was going to go with you. So I, I'll eat pretty much anything. I love to eat. I'm, I'm probably a foodie. I haven't really titled myself that, but I love trying new things. And, um, I mean, I've had like, you know, chocolate covered crickets, and nope not gonna happen i tried some different bugs which is always interesting i'm not i think i haven't had maybe because it hasn't been prepared to my liking but i've not early eaten worms yet i heard here worms are good for you um go out and eat some right now on the podcast <laughs> just like i'll just keep everybody entertained go out eat some worms and we'll see how it goes yes and i love seafood so i've eaten you know i i also like claims and um and yeah, pretty much anything that lives under the sea, I'll eat. Uh, cow tongue. My grandma used to make cow tongue all the time. That was really good. It's so weird. That, see, that's something I would tell my kids. You have to eat your dinner, finish your food, and I just wouldn't touch it. <laughs> Hypocrite. Again, if, <laughs> Hypocrite. If, uh, if tongue's cooked right, it's amazing. There's actually a restaurant near us, uh, like a sandwich shop. That makes it's a uh, it's like corned beef pastrami and and uh, and tongue, cow tongue and oh, it's like one of my favorite sandwiches ever. It's so good. And maybe it's because the pastrami and stuff overpowers the, the definitely the shaved cow tongue. It's uh, it's dude. <laughs> you know, I understand the whole. You guys should see Jared's face right now. He's like. Uh, He's like turning pale. <laughs> I understand the whole like utilizing the entire animal. So yeah. I have mad respect for people that want to eat like the liver and the hearts and tongues and stuff. I'm just not that guy. Yeah. I never will be that guy. So, you know, I will prepare the animal for you. I will shoot it, hunt it, whatever. Fine with it. I'll save those parts even. Mm-hmm. I'm not eating it. You not touch the dog before you i will <laughs> so the running joke some people are gonna get mad at me i shouldn't even say it speaking of dogs the running joke i kept telling my wife during the first like month of the coronavirus my kids are so to give you a little bit of backstory my kids are really bad at finishing their meals and jess would be like oh i just gotta throw this out i was like well no give it to the dog and my reasoning was if <laughs> if we have to eat the dog because we can't get food, we uh, we need to make him nice and fat. Yeah, you got to make him good to eat. <laughs> if he's eating all the things you guys eat, then... <laughs> then he's going to be well fed. Yeah. That's a joke for anybody listening. <clears throat> Don't get mad at me. It was just one of those things that as a husband, you tell your wife 30 times, it's not <laughs> any funnier the 30th time than it was the first. No. Nope, yeah, they don't like I that. can already see her <clears throat> eyes rolling and she reaches over and smacks me every time I say it. Well, uh, my kids, I don't think they, they know how serious I am, but uh, the next place that we move, we want to have property um, and be able to have some animals and, you know, some animals just for fun. You know, the kids love pig, uh, pygmy goats, so it'd be fun to have some pygmy goats. Uh, 
but there's also some animals I want to have so we can eat them. It's like pigs, like one of the most magical animals on the face of the earth. Like there's so many good cuts of meat you, you get to have a pig. So <laughs> I want some pigs and I told the kids, I'm like, you can name them, but we're going to be eating. We're it. still going to eat them. Yeah. We're still going to eat, you know, uh, you know, Susie, Ethan, pig. E- Ethan right now has like 14 pigs. Seriously, he he purchased um, purchased like 14 pigs. There's they have a cow. They have funny. like 12 turkeys, like 10 chickens. It's turning into like a little farmland back there in what we call the wasteland. <laughs> yeah, 14 pigs is a lot. And they grow fast. And the yeah, destruction of his pasture is insane. Oh, I can't. Yeah. How pigs root, it's insane. But and they're, they're also delicious. nasty. They smell bad. Oh, but they're so good to eat. Got bacon and pork chops. and. Oh. There's pretty much like three ways to use a pig. Oh, so many. But they are, they're all awesome. Ribs and. That's yeah. true. Ribs. There's so many good. So many good. Okay. Well, on that note, thanks on for making note, everybody hungry. End us. Take us out. I want to play. Uh, we're experiencing some technical difficulties. With, oh, there it is. There we go. Well, all right. That's as terrible as it was the first time. It's as awesome as it was the first time. Uh, um, next week we're gonna be uh, me and Dust are gonna be in California. We'll figure something out. I would like to. We're, we're gonna be there with some guys that would be cool to to have on the podcast. So uh, whether we get you on or maybe me and Dusty do an interview, we'll we'll, we'll figure out something for next week. It'd be it maybe be cool to knock out a couple interviews while we're there and you and me could still do boom see that would be called planning ahead that would be be planning so we'll figure something out but uh, next week could look a little different potentially yep all right man cool man have have a good week you too and we'll talk to everybody on the podcast again soon thank you all for for listening we appreciate your support you can find out more about my company at theneomag.com where can they find out about your company uh, we don't use social media, so just kidding. Type in TA Targets either on Google or Instagram, Facebook, the YouTubes, and even TikTok. It. Not TikTok. Chinese are trying to steal all your information. They are. They already have it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they already have it. I'm pretty sure they already have it. But anyway, guys, we will all catch right. you next episode. Thanks Bye again. Y'all. See ya.